Welcome to Fundamentally Drained Podcast with your hosts, Father Everett Lees, Father Tom Dahlman, and Justin Dixon. Three Christians exploring Christianity from a perspective other than the fundamental view from which we have become fundamentally drained. We'll begin the conversation, and you take it from there. Okay, our topic today is consumer church. So, uh, Father Everett's here, and he's going to take it away and uh, explain to us what consumer church means for our discussion. Well, um, Justin and I were talking about what kind of things it is that we could talk about in our podcast, and one of the things that um, you know sort of been running through my mind is um, how is it that we make decisions about you know what church that we attend and. Um, is it the same sort of decision that we make when we go to the store and we say, well, which brand of jeans am I going to buy today? Or um, which milk is the best? Where's the best restaurant? Is, it, is, is, is decision-making about church the same kind of decision-making that we make in the marketplace, or is it different? Um, and to, to, to what degree does the church sort of uh, reinforce the idea that, that the decision of church shopping is like shopping at the mall? Um, and to what ways is that good and in what ways is that, you know, is that bad? Is it kind of a, is that play into the entertainment factor? Because when you are, go to a church and you're not entertained, you say, mm, I don't know. And I spoke with someone Sunday and, um, they're, they always have, uh, sorry, I don't mean to ever use the word always. In many cases, the, uh, the person I speak with has, well, we're visiting a handful of churches. And so um, I'm curious to what they're going to go look for. And um, is it the quickening? You know, it's the Highlander quickening. They go in and they get that warm, fuzzy feeling, which I've heard people that attend our church say, you know, as soon as I walked in, I've got that one person who greets me and I just knew this was home, you know, or something like that. And so, which is interesting, that's all around hospitality. But anyway, so, um, but I've heard other people, or I know other people attend because the music's, better something like that yeah so let's not maybe not talk about it as if it's a negative thing first but like what's because if we say i feel like episcopalians tend to say well people just want to go to these mega churches because they're entertained you know but what are if we don't say that what are some positive things we can say about shopping for a church like you shop for products Nice spin. Yeah. <laughs> good, good. I mean, I, awesome. that is totally against what I think we should do, but just to give it the benefit of the doubt, you know. Hmm. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank here. I'm like, ah. Uh... Well, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I do think it, it, it's not that, you know, whether, do, do I get something out of the sermon, right? Um is you know does 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 the music sort of inspire me? Um, you know, do my do my children enjoy the the you know children's um, ministry? Um, are it's not that those are, are bad questions to ask. Right. Um, the the problem is is all of the questions were about me, mm-hmm. my preferences, my wants, my desires, mm-hmm. my needs. Um, There's no community based. So I don't know that I really got to the positive. Right. Well, let's... Okay. But, but, but I, I, so I just want to say that, that, that it, all of them sort of, it seems, would 
place me at the center of the question. Right. Okay, well, let's assume that we have to start there. That's, that it's the reality of the situation. Like, we don't assume people will come to the church the first time as fully mature disciples of Christ. So that means they're going to be self-centered. They're going to be formed by their culture, which is American and consumer, right? Yeah. So maybe a positive of it is that someone like me who works at the church or you or Justin, it makes us make sure our sermons are worth hearing, you know, <laughs> makes us steady, make sure we, we really pour Relevant. what we have into the music or, you know, keep our space clean and presentable. So maybe there are some positives to it. Or maybe it's just reality. Well, and and you know, Saint Saint Paul, you know, said, um, "I'm all things to all people," and I think a lot of times churches try to do that, and there's things that churches just just can't be. Right. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that Christ Church, where I serve, does well, but you know, we can't replicate high Anglican. You know, choral tradition. We just, we just don't, we don't, we don't have that ability. Um, and so, in some ways, it, it it frees the church to be what the church, you know, does well. What are the gifts of the community? What are the gifts of the people that are there um, that God has given them? And so, instead of trying to be something we're not, it sort of frees us to be who we are. Well, <laughs> okay. I agree with what you're saying 100 percent, but love it from the church. <laughs> love it like the American average church shopper mentality. No one got in their car and they're thinking I'm going to visit church. You know what I'm looking for this morning? <laughs> High Anglican choral tradition. That's that's what church is. And actually, I kind of think that there are many Americans who, without having those words, actually think that's what church really is. But. Um, Neither are they, I grew up in the Church of Christ, and we sang a cappella, and I remember one of our preachers saying one time, you know, I don't know anyone in our church that sits around at home listening to barbershop quartets. Right. And that's basically what we do every Sunday, you know. I don't know many people that sit at home and listen to organ music either, although there are people that do. But, so... I have on occasion. <laughs> well, I have I have actually a few times myself. <laughs> yeah. I always listen to it at baseball games too. But um, well, I just thought I wanted to push back a little bit. But I agree with you guys. It's it's a negative thing generally, but it's just also reality. And there was there was a tradition in the church, which was is that you attended the church that was closest. To your house, you know the 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 parish was not right. The building, the parish was the area in which the church ministered to, and so um, there, you know, um, which is a whole different mindset for the body of believers to see their parish not as you know the three or five acres of land in which they sit upon, but on the however many mile radius of their church is their is their parish that they're responsible for. Right. Was that all one denomination? And it, and it was all one denomination, but 
you, your denomination still saw its responsibility as the land around it, right? So, so you're, you, it, it, it allowed the church to invest in their immediate neighborhoods because the idea of sitting, having someone coming from Owasso to come to, to, to church in, in Broken Arrow or South Tulsa or you know, wherever would have just been strange. Right. Um, partly because you didn't have, you know, transportation wasn't wasn't that easy, but um, you know, you you went to your lo- you went to your local church and your local church was invested in in its immediate community. Why do you go to the grocery store at 101st Memorial and not the one at 101st and Harvard? Is this the same kind of scenario where you're like, well? Their fruit selection is better. Their fruit comes from the U.S. Oh, they are very nice over there. You know, it's kind of interesting because it's a grocery store mentality of like I'm making decisions based upon what because I like this better. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I can go in here and I can be pleased. I cannot be interrupted. I can avoid uncomfortable situations possibly whatever it is maybe you know who who goes into a church and goes oh my gosh they came in and they asked me all these crazy things and and they really dug into my life and all this stuff and they were very invasive and i loved it it was great you know and i go to quick trip because i have a a come and go that's a actually a name of a grocery store chain here in oklahoma maybe you have it where you you're at on the World Wide Web. But I go to Quick Trip because they pay their employees mm-hmm. well. They give them benefits. They give them health insurance. So I think I'd rather support that company than this chain over here that gives people $8 an hour and treats their employees like, like crap, you know. So I'm going to walk into a next church and I say, I want to see your budget. Yeah, <laughs> let me see where your money's spent. People do that. But that's interesting, right? Well, in in you know, a lot of times people prior to attending a church will go and look and see well what what things are they involved in and what ways do they impact their community. Um, you know, I don't know. You all run the Love Thy Neighbor, which provides breakfast and lunch for for uh, folks who are food insecure and. I'm curious if there's ever anybody who's ever come in here and said, you know, I see what you all do and this is really awesome and I want to be a part of a church that's doing something like that. Yeah. I've heard that. Yeah. I've heard that, but just to, just, I mean, this is neither here nor there, but off the top of my head, I don't know anyone that came in and said, you're doing this, that's amazing, I'm going to church here, you know. And that's fine. It's fine. It's not the point. I, I chose <laughs> but, to go to Trinity in downtown Tulsa went because of iron gate church growth did folks you? though really yeah iron gates another food ministry um that they serve hundreds thousands a week 400 people a day oh, on average seven days a week there you go church growth folks though will say is is that most uh, people who visit your church will make the decision whether to attend before they walk whether to attend again before they walk into your doors right so there's also part of it that I think that there's something that is maybe not so consumer-driven that is encouraging people to come back. And whether it's the working of the Spirit, whether it's just this gut feeling that they have. Um, but most, you know, the 
church growth world will tell you that most people will decide before they walk into your doors whether they're coming back again. And that's what Mary Palmer says. Um, invite, welcome, connect, lady. She says, everyone, you need to realize that everyone who walks through your door did so because they were led by the Spirit. Even if they think they're just there to deliver flowers or for a funeral or something, you need to look at them when you greet them and think God brought them there. Hmm. So that's really convicting when I think about that, especially after I've had a conversation with someone who just left and I didn't, and I forgot to think about that. Because the Spirit's leading them to leave. Mm-hmm. To leave. So um, I got a couple of things I've jotted down here. Should churches market? So, because if you, if you are, if what you just said is you're reliant upon the Spirit when someone's coming through the door, should churches market? I think how churches, I think the, 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 the better question would be how should churches market? Um, okay. You know, I, there, there was a church in, 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 you know, in Edmond on, they were advertising their Easter service and it was, we're going to give away, you know, I don't know, like a thousand dollars, you know, come be our, our secret, you know, visitor. And, and if you win, you get a thousand dollars. And I'm mm. like, yes, it brings people in the door, but, but to what degree, what is it, what is it reinforcing? You know, what is it, what is it you're, you're sort of forming people into being, you know, there's uh, churches who have sat there and advertised come and, you know, come to our church and, you know, we're, we're, you know, going to give away this, you know, uh, this iPad. gun, you iPad. know, gun. right. That's I mean, no, there's churches yes, giving away guns and, and, and it's not that I'm, I'm, I'm anti-gun, but I'm just like, so what is it you're forming people in? Right. My daughter went to a youth group and they gave away iPads and then they had everybody reach under the seat and they pulled out $50 Starbucks cards. Yeah, I was. Just Where like, is this church? Yeah, <laughs> was that like a big welcome night or something? Um, I don't know what it was. I, I really don't know if it was a special night or what. But wow, you know, and she had never been in a in a youth group room with that many kids and all mm-hmm. these things, and and um, but you know, but she was shocked. Yeah, she was absolutely shocked. Um, thankfully, she didn't go. Why don't we do that, Daddy? <laughs> Justin so. is a youth minister, by the way. <laughs> You got a good radio voice. That was very well. Justin's a youth minister. Um, Thank you. Thank you very much. So what about... Now that we've kind of talked about the reality and the negative, I mean the positives of it, we should deal head on with the negative. Start us off, buddy. Um... It's, I think everybody already said it, really. It's just yeah. <laughs> that we're self-centered, that we... Um... Well, let's talk about the biblical images of what church okay. is. Thanks for the save there. You know, I mean, so 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 the church is the body of Christ, and you go to um, 1 Corinthians 12, in which Paul is talking about the church is the body, and, you know, Justin's over here is the ear, and Tom's the nose, and I'm the eye, and, and we're all working together for the building up of the kingdom. And and if I sit there and I'm going, well, I, you know, I'm not sure if I'm, if I want to be the eye. And I don't know if I want to be the eye on this body or if I want to be the eye in another body. And, and it sort of seems to deny um, the biblical image of, of what the church is. 
Makes for an interesting Picasso, too. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I was, you know, it's funny. I've never heard it referenced. Totally off the point here, sorry. I've never heard it referenced as each church is its own body. Um, I've always thought as the church as a whole, which is funny because I use that to kind of let myself off the hook, interestingly enough. It's like, well, you know what? I'm just not the elbow. I'm the ear. Or I'm probably the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's the biggest that thanks Justin. That's the biggest negative that this um, way of looking at it brings. It just came to mind um, that we are in. Comp- it makes us be in competition with other churches. Mm. Yeah, and because because we're not. I mean, it's not that that St. Patrick's is his own body and right. Christ Church is his own body and. Or the Methodist Church is another. The Methodist Church is another body. I mean, it's, so it's not. We're all. It's all one body. Right. Um, That's one thing I love about our liturgy. Every Sunday in the prayers of the people, we pray for another church um, in our area. We also pray for our churches in Uruguay because they're our partners. But that was very um, powerful to me when I first became an Episcopalian because. Uh, the biggest trouble I got in back in my evangelical days was not trying to recruit a family away from another ch- a church of the same stripe. And I said, no, they need to be back there. Their grandparents were there. Their parents are there. Um, they're the only worship leader that church has. I'm not going to, like, sheep steal them. And, sheep steal. and I got in trouble. It was the worst trouble I was in at that place. So, <clears throat> and we think, you know, we we think about um, you know, conversations we we've, we've had with folks who, you know, um, well, I haven't seen you in a while. Oh, well, we've decided to go down to this church because, mm-hmm. you know, they're you know we really like their youth ministry, or you know we really like you know this this program that this church is offering and so they came to St. Patrick's so <laughs> <laughs> and so it's not and so it's not that um, you know and, and on one side I don't want to sit there and shame somebody for saying you know this is where I feel to be but again who's at the center of your decision um, I think it's Kierkegaard who who said that 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 God is the audience of of worship? We're not, but the way that the church has created it is we have placed ourselves at the center of worship. One of the the large mega churches in town, rather than call it you know service time or worship time, it's experience time, mm-hmm. because the most important thing is your personal experience. Does that come along with that personal relationship with Jesus? Is that the phrase? Yeah. Something like that, you know, which, um, it's which is a good thing. It's not in the Bible, is, is one thing. Um, and I'm, I'm quoting uh, Velvet Elvis right now, but it's like nowhere do you find that that is in the Bible. You know, there is no personal relationship. And that's where um, the Episcopal Church has taught me communal, community worship in that regard. Um, uh-huh. As that do what I have to really think about that if I if I agree with that <laughs> do you? we can save that for another podcast no it's okay we can get there um, but that is and so when I go into it and I think about well this isn't I don't like this part I don't like this part well then I sit down for communion and I'm sitting here I feel like I've said this before I'm observing everyone walk up for communion who has been such a part of my 
children's life for years since their birth and anything I've got going on <laughs> right then kind of fades away so what oh no I was thinking about what you're saying oh okay I thought you had something to talk about the personal Mm-mm. well it, it does sort of change your, your your vision of you know well if I don't if I don't like children's ministry at a church then what you know what is what is God calling me to do about it Right. If I, if mm. the music isn't my style, what is Leave? God calling me to do is about the, it? Is that you're being in 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 the American cultural thing to do is well, I'm going to take my business mm. down to the grocery store at 101st and Harvard right. instead right. of the one that I like down the road it comes from the U.S. and not Canada okay. or something to that effect. Right. And and so it, and so instead of seeing ourselves as part of the body of Christ, whose built purpose is to help build up. Um, we sit there and go, well, we're just going to go take our business to another church. Right. And, 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 and I, I, this will be harsh, but I think it's, it's one of the most unbiblical actions. Um, <laughs> and that's a harsh thing to say. That's <laughs> pretty hard. It is. Un- got to expand that a little bit. Right? It is unbiblical, but it's also kind of like comparing apples to oranges because, I mean, now... We put our churches on the most visible thoroughfare we can because we know people are going to come from all Ooh. over. Whereas in the ancient world, they were trying to hide them. You know, <laughs> like, when they were in the neighborhoods in China, yeah. right now. Yeah, they are hiding their churches in and the basements and so forth. In the Bible, you only had one in every community, so it wasn't like the church in uh, at 108th and Yale. It was the Church of Corinth. And maybe they were meeting in many houses, but or a few houses, but it was one church, you know. So it's hard. I agree with you; it's unbiblical or not biblical, but it's also a little bit like comparing apples to oranges. Or our cultures are different. Yeah. Yes, and that's something true too. Is what I feel like I run across all often is trying to compare. Excuse me. Uh, let's just say first century culture compared to now. And what we must do. Well, it said this in the Bible. Well, that was not exactly 2016, you know. Right. And at the same time, we can take from that that wisdom. And um, But, sorry, I feel like I'm being completely ambiguous here. And I don't have a good example. But it is, um, I see that. Often, that's a good point about taking culture in and, and identifying what exactly is going on now and who we are. So... Um, the idea that I break out my hymnal on my smartphone seems just like 2016 to me, you know. But at the same time, it's like, wait a second, you know, because how quickly can I respond to that text in the middle of <laughs> Amazing Grace, you know, when I get it and go, oh, I'll just go ahead and reply back to them right now. It's kind of the, a question the church has had to ask since day one. How do I be in the world? And not of it, yeah. How do I recognize the reality of everything I'm in, but not sell up to it? You know, why is a serpent harmless as doves? Yeah, I had this conversation with a with a with a friend of mine who's a church planner, um, and he's he's intentionally he's he's non denominational, um, but he's intentionally planting um, a liturgical church. 
and um, and he's part of a group of, of churches that are that are reimagining what does the tradition mean for the church today. So largely, sort of evangelicals, many of them from sort of a charismatic tradition or background, but definitely evangelicals and recovering the ancient traditions. And part of me wants to go, yes, that's great. But I, I asked him, I said, well, how much of that is is because the market research says that right now that seems to be a turning of the marketplace. Right. Um, so f- 40 years ago... Don't plant, sorry to interrupt. That meaning don't plant is the change? No, 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 no. The change is is that there seems to be a turning in the, in the marketplace okay. um, to... Um, traditional forms of of worship so okay okay, sacramental worship things like that so 40 years ago when all the market research says is you you need to get rid of your you know your albs you need to get rid of you know clergy wearing you know clergy vestments uh you need to get rid of the creeds you need to get rid of you know crosses and candles get rid of the crosses you know anything that smacks of traditional churches get rid of those and tons of churches did and now market research says Bring it back. millennials are looking for that stuff. So you can't say, I'm abandoning the church growth movement. I'm going to go with tradition. But then that's the trend. So yeah. you're really fully embracing the church growth movement. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I was uh, leaving the denomination of my youth, there were a lot of people who said, don't leave. Just start a church in our denomination that has those qualities. Like, well, how many of these do we need, mm-hmm. you know? There's a church on every corner in this town. How many varieties do we need, especially when someone else is already doing it, you know, and doing it well? And, 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 and I think there is, because I don't want to beat up on, on Tom here, I mean, I, I mean, I all of us that are in this room have left the tradition that we were once a part of, right? Yeah. So in you know so so <laughs> let's just let's just let's just let's just name that in this whole conversation about leaving Good churches. Point. Good point. But um, hmm. you know we we have we have a, a couple that goes to, to Christ Church, lesbian couple, and they would try to go to other churches, and eventually the conversation would come around to a membership, and they would be told you're not allowed to be a member here because you all are in a committed relationship. Um, you're not allowed to do ministry here because you're in a committed relationship. And so talking about the good parts of it, I don't know that you could necessarily ask somebody to remain in that culture. Does that make sense? Right. Um, that it seems to it seems to kind of force upon them. You know, you have to sort of you sort of have to accept um, you know that that treatment as as normal. Um, so I just kind of throw that out there. Yeah. Or maybe places where, where maybe, you know, w- you know, women are not allowed to, you know, minister. Yeah. Maybe, may, you know, so maybe there are some things about, um, you know, those would certainly be cases where maybe moving around would be okay. Right. And this may be a not a topic for this um, podcast, but I think it is. So the consumer mindset says we can take certain things on, um, like we can take certain things, we can change our house decorations, right? This is the style now. So I'm going to go from modern, mid-century to um, eclectic or whatever. Or my wife involved in this. You know, (laughs) 
But maybe there are some parts of worship or styles, to use that word, and I don't like that word, but maybe you can't... How can you be liturgical and individualistic? Like, you can't present liturgy on a stage away from people for them to experience it. You know? You have to be a part of it. And there there has to be, like, a theology that undergirds what you're doing or it's not genuine and so maybe that's the real critique of um, and I'm not saying all churches that do have been doing liturgy for thousands of years have the best theology to undergird it but I'm just saying that's the big critique of consumerism that we can just change who we are and it's kind of an outward change but really it has to be an interchange that comes from discipline, like practice, community, all this stuff that takes a lot of time and it's not, can't be driven by polls or just a thought. The, um, the theology behind liturgy is completely brand new to me. I thought it was all tradition, but I've heard discussions going on in this very church, uh, well, What's the theology behind presenting this at that time or doing this at that time and things like that? And I was like, what? What are you talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about. But the idea behind that, um, that that's just new to me. That's completely new to me. And especially in, in where we're located in Oklahoma, I would say that would just be like completely non-part of the discussion in my opinion. I could be completely wrong. Other churches could, uh, outside of liturgical could could have theory of why they do this this and this outside of like well um that's what you know joe did for a decade or 20 years or 30 years you know right and stuff like that but i appreciate the thought behind the worship and then taking into account it's like look here's what we're doing and this isn't for marketability marketability sake marketability sure words and so um we're going to do this and then we're going to this and here's why because in Acts, whatever, you know, somewhere, some reason, you know, we take uh, the three-legged stool into it um, and decide why we're going to do this. I, I could appreciate that. As opposed to, well, we'll get more people in here if we play, you know, some songs before others and throw in, you know, Stone Temple Pilots and things like that and various stuff like that. Um, I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that allowing um, that to drive us and how and why we do things as opposed to just let's fill the churches. Um, Shane Claiborne speaks in Irresistible Revolution about making the church smaller, which at our current time and what are we, four days post-2016 election, making the church smaller is a very interesting thing of uh, can you actually more be done <laughs> in his name when the church is smaller. I know it's a totally another topic and maybe crazy, but... Well, I, well, Mark Iaconelli in his book, Contemplative Youth Ministry, talks about the same thing. He says, you know, we've put all the focus upon, you know, building larger and larger youth ministries, and we never ask the question, you know, are they actually doing their purpose, which is to connect people to God? Mm. And, and he says that the diagnosis of traditional youth ministry in churches is is that they're failing at their mission if their purpose is to connect kids to God. 
and it says they leave their 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 large um, <coughs> consumer youth programs, and they don't come back to church. Right. And so Yakinelli right. says you need to have you need to have smaller, more intentional communities of faith that are, you know, centered around practices of of the faith. Um, is is you know what youth ministry should be about now. Jesus had 12 and he really only focused on three of them. Someone said this. I don't know who it was, but if you think about that, you know, um, that's an interesting thought. I'm telling you, I mean, we have, um, but you know what, man? We got bills to pay. Yeah. <laughs> there well, are, and, 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 and there are buildings to pay for and <laughs> stuff like that. So. And unfortunately, too many churches sort of make their decision end up about, well, you know, we've we've got to get the money in. Right. We've got to pay for the institution. Right. right. All right, closing thoughts on consumer church. If anything, say it now. It's a huge temptation. I mean, as a as a you know, person in charge of a church, it is a huge temptation. I have one note I made. Dom, do you have something? Well, I was just gonna say it's the reality of our situation. But right. we we can't we have to be a part of it and recognize it, but we can't sell out to it. I think time and prayer um, really just will will strip me of my personal desires to have the humongous youth group. Um, and, and honestly, and, and you guys, sitting down and talking with you guys takes away that personal desire of success which whatever that is and so but just time and prayer moves the spirit in me and, and allows that um one one final thought i jotted down um jotted using that word a lot today um is your statistics or your pew reports of people make the decision before they get the door <laughs> i think it's kind of funny that now many churches what are they doing they have people in the parking lot, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's and that's the reason why. To, I know to forward that decision. It's like yeah. let's go ahead and just prod the spirit in case it doesn't move right. when it's supposed to. We'll take care of that, buddy. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at at Fun Drain Pod. We'd love to hear your comments on our episodes and also suggest future episode topics. Also, if you enjoy what we're doing, go on to iTunes and give us a review, please. Thanks a lot.